Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Gino and I are live and in studio for this recording to talk about dwelling on the gospel. When we say you need to dwell on the gospel, make much of the gospel, what do we mean by that? Good to be in the studio again. I know. Yeah. Busy time? Yeah. 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 Lots going on. Good good things. Yeah. But uh yeah. Yeah, it's good. Some things that uh yeah, uh always on the plate that can't be talked about on podcast, but that's okay too. Yep. So, yeah, it's good. Uh little elders meeting tonight. So um yeah, should be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of last podcast, um, did a, uh, get to the heart of the issue. Uh, it was, uh, one of a longer podcast, mm-hmm. uh, may have even been the longest. No, it was the second or third longest we ever did. And, uh, it was like, you know, we, we tried to get to the heart of the issue, uh, because, uh, when scripture talks about dealing with sin and dealing with ourselves, uh, it, it, it said, you know, God's like, look, address the heart first. And so, right, obviously we people are very prone to like clean the outside of the cup and, um, or, you know, make like, there's something ingrained in us that says, if you make a rule, it will solve the problem. And so the last podcast was about this, you know, Hey, when, when we say get to the heart of, of what's going on in people's lives, we, we really kind of like, okay, what are we saying? You got to look at it. And so we talked about three things, idolatry, unbelief, and pride, because all three of those are in the heart of mankind. As Luther said, uh, we're all sinners until we die. It's just those of us that believe are justified and declared right. And we will be glorified. And one day we will no longer struggle with our sin anymore. So, uh, even Luther kind of recognized that even though believers are justified by faith, we're still struggling with unbelief, pride, and idolatry. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the men this week taught on, uh, faith and justification and sanctification. And so the reason why faith is important to those two issues is because you're justified by believing and entrusting your soul to the work of Christ and who Christ is. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard issue. But then sanctification also stems from believing what God says about you. Right. And then following, trusting God to follow his direction. Yes. So, right. That's why sanctifications, I always feel like talking about justification is super easy uh, cause it's, it's super simple. Like it's, it's very simple to explain, mm. but then sanctification gets complicated because, you know, you start talking about God grows believers, believers have responsibility. And then, you know, you got the guy over there is like, no, no synergy. And you're like, well, yeah, like I get like, you know, like, I, you know, I understand that complaint. And so it becomes a little bit more convoluted in some way. Cause there's so many more on the appearance moving parts. And yet at the end of the day, you can simply just say, that we sanctification is being set apart 
for Christ while growing into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can recognize that that's God's work in a believer's life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, simple, complicated. Anyway, so uh, it was good. Uh, Wednesday night was good. So um, the two, two Bible studies ago, one of the guys was like, um, is sanctification a position? And everybody said no except for two of us. We said yes. Huh. And it was because we can be set apart. Yeah. And I think that was like most of us, when we think of it, we think of the process of yes. being conformed. So, yeah, it's a both end. Yep. But, yeah. So. Yeah, it's weird because I think sanctification, people only think about the process, but part of that process is our identity. Um, so when God justifies us and says we're righteous, you cry, then it kind of, it's distinct, but it's like crossing over that line of sanctification of identity. So not like, how is it? I'm righteous. I'm not righteous in innately because of what I've done. I'm righteous because of Christ. Um, and along with that, then is the position aspect of sanctification, which if we're righteous, then we're holy. We're set apart um, for good works, right? Ephesians 2.10, I think. Yeah. So um, that's great and wonderful. Now, why it gets complicated is because we answered the question, how does that work out? How do you work out your salvation with fear and trembling? What does that look like? And so I think what makes it complicated, what you kind of alluded to, is that so people try to systematize it sometimes or they try to find some kind of like, uh, like I guess, silver bullet for sanctification as if there's some kind of program or some kind of method. And I mean, there if you're thinking simplicity, there is a simplest, a simple way. It's Christ. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of what we're talking about right yep. now. Yeah, yeah. So, follow Christ. Follow Christ. Yeah. Believe in well, Christ and follow Christ. Dwell in the gospel. Right. Yeah. That's what another way of. Uh, I guess that's we're gonna kind of yes. flesh that off. Dwell. Yeah. And I think that's why we want to talk about dwelling on the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is a part of our. Uh, it, it it is instrumental in our sanctification. Mm-hmm. Let's put it to you that way. All right, so it, it's hard because I think, like, um, you know, the longer you walk with Christ, um, oh, by the way, since the last podcast, we have added the old <laughs> grandfather clock in the background. Great. So, great, great. Nice. based on the little tones, yeah. you can tell uh, what if we're at the fifteen, the half hour, the forty-five minute, wow. or the hour mark. Nice. And I won't tell you which one. I'll just let you guess. It's Captain Obvious, the hour one. Though. Now your house is haunted because those are haunting kind of sounds. Yeah, the dog <laughs> The dog looked at it yeah. kind of funny for a week. Yeah. Uh, and that's the song is the Westminster Chimes. I don't know if you know that. Oh. Yeah. So. I have No. It's the one they play in, I think, Westminster okay. in England. Yeah. So there's other ones that'll do. Yeah. But this is our favorite. And the clock guy was like, hey, you can change it. He was like, but it's really hard on your clock to change the song. So you're better off to pick one. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and this is the one it's, it's designed to really do well. He was like, so stick with this one. And we were like, cool. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So you're going to hear the background. Well, anyway, so, um, back to sanctification, uh, you know, you do this long enough and you start to realize too, that, uh, there's that every doctrinal, every doctrine, somebody has skewed it. Um, every doctrine, every issue, uh, people don't believe it or they do, they don't. 
And so, you know, you start to navigate with problems when people just view sanctification as following a set of rules. And it's like, oh, just set of rules. Like, you know, I don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew tobacco and don't, don't engage in pornography. And it's like, well, okay, that's like, okay, cool. But like, you know, uh, but it, but it doesn't, doesn't solve problems actually. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the funny part is we don't do marriage that way, mm-hmm. but we want to do our relationship with the Lord though. Some people, right. When you think of marriage, rarely does somebody sit down and say, okay, here's 65 rules for a good marriage. Everyone's like, no, you got to listen to your spouse and you got to like learn your spouse and you got to like serve your spouse. And it's the same thing for the Lord. Like you can't just like, why, why do we try to make that relationship into a set of doctrinal like rules mm-hmm. while at the same time we turn around and we like, oh, but you can't do that with your wife. Mm. You know, you can't do that with your husband. And by the way, if that's your approach to marriage, um, your spouse is very being very patient with you. If you're just like, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. This is where you need to watch Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine because the Ferengi, they throughout the, the whole show, they'll be like, They'll quote their uh, rules of acquisition, mm-hmm. and they've all got to memorize in like acquisition six hundred and forty four, and they'll state it. And you're and the funny part is you can go online, and somebody's written all those down, and they have the so uh, some somebody nerd uh, ended up making probably all of the rules mm-hmm. somewhere down the line, but because the show probably doesn't quote them all. But anyway, all that to say, right? That's that's not how your relationship with the Lord is. That's not how your relationship with people are. Yeah. That's not how good relationships are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's that, it's that transactional type of relationship yeah. uh, where it's kind of like, Oh, you scratch my back. Now I'll scratch yours. And the only time I'll scratch your back is when you scratch my back. Yeah. Whereas the Lord's way is, um, grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy. Yeah. Um, right. And, and then, uh, what that looks like might be different in every context and situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a sport. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's not to, that's also to say that's not um and that's not to discount that there are ethics. Mm-hmm. You know, um that thou shalt not kill, uh that thou shalt, you know, not lie or steal. Like those are ethical, you know. So we're also not saying that, that we're we're not saying it's not those things. We're saying it's more than just a set of ethics. Yes. Yeah, okay. So where this relates to our discussion is trying to get at the heart because it really um, right living flows out of right thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think what the elders talk about and all of us have, have really noted. And I think everybody's now said this in a sermon somewhere um, that, that theology 202, 303 is not charting out eschatology you know, it's not like, okay, now you got your eschatology chart and now you're like, oh, now I've arrived at mature Christianity. <laughs> it's, um, uh, by the way, I could, yeah. Um, yeah. Eschatology, just real quick, was not put in scripture to primarily organize an outline of the end times. Wait, what? I know. That's, I know. All those, seems heretical. I have like a 15 foot chart that, no, it seems, seems <laughs> radical. But had God wanted to chart it as an outline first, he would have made the outline. Oh, would have been too easy, though. It would have been too, yeah. So maybe there's something else going on there. Anyway, um, so all I have to say, like, what you believe matters. 
And so what you believe to be true about the gospel matters. So when we say get at the heart of the gospel, what are we saying? And that so like dwell on the gospel. That's theology 202. That's theology 303. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, for 20 minutes, talk about how to dwell on the gospel. And then um, we'll have a podcast on how to dwell on, um, how dwelling on the gospel should influence you. How then shall I live based on dwelling on the gospel? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are going deeper into the gospel starting now. All right, clock's okay. ticking. There it was. Okay. Yeah, the clock's ticking. We're at 12 minutes in. Mm-hmm. So was, I can't do introductions in less than 10 minutes. I don't know if you know this yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, Gino, I say something like, uh, you know, when you say to somebody like, hey, you'll say somebody says, Gino, like, how do I dwell on the gospel? What are, what are things I need to dwell on? Like, what do you mean? Like, do I just, like, recite Jesus died for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's what I mean by transactional. Um, it's not, uh, so when someone says, you know, well, the gospel is so simple, straightforward. It's 101. If, if, if you think of it only as a means to heaven, only as a means of like, okay, I'm going to hell. So I need the gospel so I can go to heaven. Yeah. I can understand why you think that's 101, but actually if you think, uh, more deeply uh, as to what actually happened in the gospel. That is Christ dying in our place for sin. Um, there, there's a big doctrine that we've been going through, justification. God declaring us righteous. Um, and kind of as we were talking before we hit record, um, there, there's something that there, there's something very, very um, unique about that not only unique, but mysterious as well as miraculous. How, how is a sinner even righteous? Like that, that's the world, but that's why the world calls Christians like, you know, um, like self-righteous, but we're not actually self-righteous because it's not our righteousness. So in, in that, in justification that we have a new identity, we have a new, um, we have a new position. We're no longer sinners. We're no, no longer the old man. We're the new man. Um, we're no longer, children of satan or children of god so uh it, it's more than a transaction it, it we become part of a family um and, and the motivation becomes love not not just this transactional thing uh, yeah so you're saying that so for so like right we're kind of the audience here is to help somebody think about right when we say dwell in the gospel you're trying to help somebody think about what do i need to think about so uh, maybe what I just heard there was you kind of you you need to understand justification by faith alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, do you mind explaining that? Like what? Right? Because when we say dwell on it, it's probably good for you to not only understand the the doctrine, but to like actually start to put yourself inside the doctrine. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe explain justification by faith alone. Yeah, so justification uh, by grace through faith in Christ alone is is kind of the whole thought in my head when you say justification. Uh, grace, because it's it's a, a free gift given to us. Um, uh, faith, because it's only through believing that we're saved. There's no transactional work that we've done. It's, it's simply believing that God did the work on our behalf. Christ himself took um, right, the the wrath of God upon Himself um, became sin on our, our on our on our behalf, so that we 
uh, might become righteous. That's crazy. Um, and then, right, it, uh, it all happens. That faith actually unites us to Christ, and this is why we're righteous. The reason why we have a righteous standing, not only just a righteous standing, like we are righteous is because we're in Christ. And so, um, again, another mis- mystical thing or mysterious thing that happened, we're joined to his body so that what is in Christ is in us and what's in us is in Christ. So it's like we're one man with Christ. The church is kind of like this new creation. And so we share in the righteousness that Christ has. Uh, that's a beautiful thing that if you ponder on that truth, it should produce joy. It should compel you to live in a different way. And we'll talk more about that, but yeah, I think that's kind of the foundation. Yeah. So, uh, cause we're, we're thinking one dwelling on the gospel for my own personal soul sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next podcast we'll do dwelling on the gospel for how then shall I live towards you mm-hmm. based on right. Cause the gospel should influence your service. Yes. But taking that thought, like why, like, cause I, my, my theory is that we have joy mm-hmm. um, and that the reason why joy isn't prevalent is because we don't understand what we have. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of dancing around that a little bit too, even in the pre-conversation of living who you are in Christ and understanding who you are in Christ. So like walk me through a little bit of that. Like what, what is it internally? You know, why do you have joy? Why does understanding justification by faith? Why should that lead to joy? Well, if I remember correctly, your definition of joy was having Christ, right? Um, and so if joy is not solely just an emotion, but actually something we uh, received, I guess, um, have, um, then, it'd be, then, then, right, that's, the, that's where faith kind of uh, works in, 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 in a unique way because that belief... Um, allows us to participate in what we have, I guess. Uh, we have Christ. We have treasure. So we believe it because it's real. It's true. Um, that's, why it's, that's why it's faith. We're believing in something that's actually, you know, real. Um, yeah, but uh, I think uh, to, I think to your, your question is uh, specifically how do we get joy or how, do we, how does it lead to joy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, it leads to joy because we have Christ, right? So, um yeah, I mean, he is a source of joy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, yeah. So and th- I think this is where, you know, because um, you, what you're doing, you're, you're paraphrasing Romans 3.24, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. Um, and then um, in chapter 4 of Romans, he talks about it's, a, it's by faith. It's always been by faith. And then Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So even dwelling on that, right, there's there's kind of these four components there, maybe maybe more three. Um, declared right, like mm-hmm. what does it mean to be justified um, by faith and then by grace? So so there's there's you kind of got three parts. There's, there's kind of a fourth part there too, but um, the, the fourth part being the work of Christ. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Um, in terms of dwelling on the gospel personally, right, it's probably a good idea to to think about all four of those components. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, okay, okay, what does it mean that I'm justified? Let's come back to that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, why why the significance of by faith alone? Like, 
Well, see, this is this is where I see I see this as a circle. Mm-hmm. I don't see this as again. This is I know why people think I'm weird. It's because I don't have these linear like number one, number two. Sometimes I do randomly, but mm-hmm. um, okay. So um, right, you're declared righteous. So God God forgives you by declaring you righteous. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing to think about for a minute, mm-hmm. right? Because you know when somebody you know let's say we're talking to somebody who's struggling with drugs or alcohol or um, pornography or losing it with their kids or impatience, you know, uh, na- name it, whatever it is, right? Like it's all disgustingly grossful, sinful. But why is it good to realize, wait a minute, God declared me righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of the most freeing things that, that uh, anyone could meditate on. Um, because if we're de- declared righteous, there's nothing, there's nothing in our uh, in our sinfulness and our sinful nature that can overturn uh, God's work. So Christ's work is so done and sufficient that um, that no 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 sin no sin can can overturn it. No sin can cancel it out. Uh, there's a lot of hope there for for people. Yeah, and so that rest. It, there's something about like the way human minds work, like because if if there's no hope, you, you you fall into this downward spiral. Whereas if you realize, oh no, there's hope, real hope. I don't have to, I don't have to get stuck in that cycle. I'm actually, I'm already freed. I just need to live out that freedom. Um, yeah, but there's 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 power there because of God's work, and so yeah, uh, hopefully that's clear. Yeah, it it is. It's you know okay. So I'm I'm righteous before God. So the standard of God is purity and holiness, mm-hmm. and I have that before Him. So my sins have been dealt with in such a way to where they no longer keep me separate. Mm-hmm. So again, you can see why dwelling on the gospel is helpful. To starting a wait a minute. Okay, Lord, who am I today? I am your righteous child. And that means that I have a relationship with you, that I know you, that my sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, and that I'm united to you and I have a, so I'm your child. Mm-hmm. So right there, that's that's like a good that's a good place to start. Yes. Especially when dealing with trials, struggles, temptations, because you're not defined by your temptations. You're not defined by other people's treatment of you. You're not defined by a bad day or a good day. Like as frustrating as bad days can be and as frustrating as making a mistake can be, um, you're not defined by that. Right. So, And you don't lose that righteousness. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a good starting point. Yeah. You know, so if you're, so if you're like, hey, I want to do on the gospel better, let's start here. Lord, like uh, you have declared me righteous because of Christ you have made me right with you. You did this. I know I'm your child because, and this is part two, because of faith, right? And that that's what we're, we're all tempted into this like penance, pay it back mentality. Quid pro quo is wired in us. Yes. Um, whereas that's not the gospel. The gospel is like, no, you believed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I believed. Yeah, you believed. And you, so that, that's what you had to do. You trusted your soul to Christ and you were made right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not works. Yeah. You know, and that, that, again, that's, we all have those moments where, you know, I was brain dead 
trying to read the other day and I was like, all right, Lord, if I could just read one more thing, I was like, wait a time out. That's stupid. Like, mm. you know what I mean? It's like, whatever's going through your head, just your rest is in Christ. You know, take your glasses off 30 minutes. You know, you know what I mean? There's only so much you can read in a day. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, that actually, um, more as you speak there, the temptation to, um, not, not not believe or or not rest in our new identity is actually an act of pride because it then you're starting to believe that there's something you can do um, to add value to yourself where you can't you're not more valuable after you've been saved and that's yes. a big deal like, like, yeah hundred yeah, percent yeah. yeah you because it's not like uh it's not like you got a gym membership. Mm-hmm. And now your faithfulness in the gym, right? Which again, a faithful person in the gym, you're going to see results. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if they're not working smartly, right? Just the fact of doing something is going to do something. You're going to be able to see those results. That's not Christianity. That's not a walk with the Lord. It wasn't like the Lord brought you in as like, okay, now he's sitting there with a stick. Now do something. Um, he, he already did it. He already made you righteous. He declared it. So technically, um, most would argue that our justification is forensic, means we're declared. Mm-hmm. And then our sanctification means we're in the process of being made holy. So there, there's the, you, you become righteous. Um, I'm in the camp of, and then there are some people that are like, no, justification is we're made right. And I'm in the camp of like, there's overlap here. Like yeah. Yeah, those circles overlap, which drives some of the reform people up the wall because they're like, no, it's only forensic. And it's like, yeah, come on guys. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but that's the way the human mind works here. Like mm-hmm. really neat categories, you know, played on the table, food doesn't touch the little dividers, the peas are in one corner, which mm-hmm. is gross. But is that, so. is that an overreaction to the Catholic version of justification? No, because I don't think so. Okay. Cause in Catholic version is you're sanctified to be justified. Basically. Yeah, kind of. You, you're, yeah. you're. Um, so the, through the yeah. means of grace, yes, through, you, the, yes. through the means of grace in the Catholic Church, right? You, you're, you're being sanctified. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so justification is part of sanctification. The end, the end goal is sanctification. Whereas, yeah, but your works, your works play a role in that. Correct. In the, yeah. Yes, in the yeah. Catholic version. Yeah. Yes. Like your works are valuable, and without those works, you can't be justified. Right. right. Okay. That's the. There's a big difference there. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Whereas, whereas um, um, right, what we believe the Bible teaches is we're declared righteous at the beginning. At the same time, that like our lives are, it's, it's almost like we're catching up to that righteousness. Uh, one way I described it is like, you know, like when you buy, um, when you buy clothes for a newborn baby, you, you never buy the size that they're in. You, you buy something bigger and they grow into it. I feel like that's the same way with Christianity. We're kind of growing into our holiness. Like we're declared yes. holy. Yep. So like the clothes are actually too big for us. We're, we're like growing into it. And one day when Christ makes us perfect, we'll, we'll fit it perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Does fair. that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. I, I just, as long as what we don't think of is justification brought me in and the sanctification makes me more like holy. justified or more, or yeah, more right okay. with God. I it's can like, see how that's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not more right. Like you're like, um, that 65 year old, you know, that's walked with the Lord for 55 years though, though he or she may understand the Lord better than you do. Mm-hmm. That person's not more holy than you in the sense of like declared righteous. Yes. Okay. 
So you're both declared right. You both have a right standing before God. Mm-hmm. Okay, regardless of anything else. Mm-hmm. See, to me, that's important for the implication of of serving other people is because we're very prone to question, we're very prone to view people based on what they believe or think rather than viewing people as when a child of God, treat them like a child of God. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like even Alistair Begg, who's in trouble because of some advice he gave is now being marked by some as woke or why? Because of what he, because of something that he said that they did, that they disagree with. The reality though is his faith is in Christ. Therefore he's child of God. Mm-hmm. So if God's looking at him and going to say child of God, then I think I have to look at him and say child of God too. Mm-hmm. Now, I may disagree with him on advice he gives or different things he says, but that doesn't negate who he is. Right. That's getting a little bit into the part two, but okay. So we are declared right by faith alone, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that's, that's probably a good, like if you just dwelled on that for 10 minutes, okay, that means it wasn't, um, that means it wasn't that I had a good day. That means it wasn't my performance was good. That that wasn't that I had to keep performing well. Like, that takes a lot of the burden off. And then you realize God declared me righteous, meaning that God wanted to accept me into the kingdom, right. into a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And then again, you can see why that would be encouraging. Yeah, It's restful because it's like, okay, Lord, there's peace with you, which is what he says in Romans 5.1. There's peace with you. There's grace. There's mercy, there's faith, all by faith alone. And that grace is emphasized, right? Because it's his gift as a grace, mm. which you didn't have, you know, you didn't have to say that twice, but he did mm. for emphasis there in Romans three. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, we are, um, we're going to keep this conversation going in another podcast. So, um, part two on the way. Yeah. Part two headed up soon. So, yep. yep. Uh, so in part one, we kind of introduced this topic and really just kind of talked about why you need to think about God declaring you righteous. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Until next time, we will see you later. Mm-hmm.